<laughs> it was not whistling. That was the microphone. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? Good. Good? All right. Um, my husband's walking away, but he's coming to pray for me. In a minute? Okay. <laughs> um, so, last night... Um, okay, so Josh um, volunteers a lot here, and one of the things he does is he puts the... Sunday notes that you get in your packet, he puts them in the men's bathroom stall, guys. That's where they come from. It's not a, it's not a um, fairy or elf. It's Josh. Um, anyway, he came home and said, um, I just put the things in the stalls. It's um, daylight saving is over. So we set our clocks last night. <laughs> <laughs> And um, it's just amazing I'm even here right now. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know why. It's a long story, but my neighbor, Will, slammed his door this morning, and it shakes the whole apartment when that happens. <laughs> and um, I was like, man, he's leaving early for worship practice. And then I looked online on my iPod, and I was like, Josh, it's not this week, it's next week. <laughs> I got ready in half an hour, ladies. Funny, huh? All right, grab your Bibles out. You know, I'm a big fan of um, touching your Bible. I just love the feel of it. I, told, I said last time that I'm not an e-books girl. I refuse. I'm not doing it. And um, the other thing is that you can see the context of the scriptures as we look through them to see the flow, you know? Have you ever come across a passage and like, oh, that's where that verse is? Stuck in the middle of all of those verses? I didn't know it meant that, right? So there's something beautiful about finding out the context. And we're going to be digging through scriptures a lot today. Um, don't mean to embarrass you, but I just need to get a gauge of who has their Bible with you. Can you just... Okay. So I do still need to use slides. I'll do that. It's okay. It's not paper, but it's still okay. Is that all right? Okay. Um, what else? Oh, I want to take a photo. Because that's what I do. Do you want to see how you looked last time? Oh, I don't... <laughs> you know you aim the remote at the TV? It doesn't work like that. It's up there. Oh, I have to turn it on. Oh, you guys. Josh is the techie. Okay. You're cute, right? The only thing is my camera doesn't quite catch the ends. So, and as you'll notice, there's a gap right in the middle. Now, can you see from the speaker's perspective how that is kind of sad? <laughs> right? So like right here, I've got no one to talk to. So who wants to come and help me out? Someone come and help me out. And then like we've got some gaps here. I don't know. All right, that'd be great. Oh, I like that. We can move that communion. We can fit more people there. Oh, that's my iPod. My <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's better. Okay. Who, are you all comfy now? You got your coffee? All right. I know I have to go back here because I don't have a wide-angle lens. 
Okay, so <laughs> look cute. I like the wave. Rich, I like the wave. Can you wave for me, everyone? You know what? I'm going to take a panoramic view and then I'll stitch it. Okay. All right. Wave. Come on. Great. All right. But you know, you got to keep that action because I'm going to stitch you. So if you've moved, it's a problem. Oh, you guys have to now be like, they're more energetic than you. What's happening? You know, I'd like you guys to do like the roller coaster. Can you? Woo! There you go. And you know, everyone's going to be like, wow, that side of the church is cooler. All right. And final. Oh, you guys are really cool. Barrett, I didn't get you. Can you scoot in? Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. Okay, hands up. You guys really have the spirit there. That's good. I know I'm a dork. It's okay. All right. Baby, you're going to pray for me? Okay, I'd love that. Father, I thank you for the word that you've given just for today. Um, I thank you for anointing her to speak today. I just ask that you let our hearts, our minds be open um, to what you are speaking to us, uh, your body, um, your, your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I really tried hard to stick that photo of Josh that I showed last time in today, but everyone that I ran it by was like, don't put it in. Are you sad? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That photo yeah. of Josh when he was whitewater rafting? Oh, did some of you guys not, were you not here the last time I spoke? Who was not here the last time I spoke? Oh, man, you're in for a treat. I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I wanted to start out just um, sharing a little bit about me so you can understand where I'm coming from. It always helps, right, to know a little bit about each other. And so um, the story I'm telling is from when I was about seven years old. So, you know, I'm not at home. I live a hemisphere away from my family. I had to really dig to find a photo that would work. I don't know why. This is the only photo I could find of me. <laughs> I think I'm about seven here. That's my school uniform in Australia. We're not so, um, we're not so, like, committed to being individuals in Australia like we are here in the States. So we all love our school uniforms. Um, I would like my children, they probably will wear school uniforms, whether they're at a school that has uniforms or not. Because I kind of like it. Anyway, that's my little sister playing in the dirt. That's my dad. I talked to him last night, and I was like, Dad, the only photo I have, you don't have a shirt on. And he's like, well, is that offensive? And I'm like, I don't know. Is it offensive? Yeah. All right. Because in Australia, it's hot, right? So this is the backyard of the house I grew up in, and Dad's laying some concrete my question is, why is there a little girl hanging from the clothesline? <laughs> Who's watching her? That's me. I could... Weird. Anyway, so I was about seven. I actually have another photo. I think in this one I'm about six. Six or seven. Okay, that's my mom and my dad. Weird, right? I have the same haircut as my mom now. <laughs> I didn't know. It's like in your genes, the choices you make. Um, and my parents were totally rocking boots and bell bottoms, right? They're so in fashion right now. I know, I would love to have that outfit. And that's my granny holding my sister. And um, okay, so that's the family I'm about to tell a story about. So when I was about seven, um, my mom, who had grown up knowing Jesus, had been attending church 
her whole life, um, learned about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it changes you, that baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? You're unsaved, you meet Jesus, you get saved, and you're changed, right? And then baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's really hard to put it into words, but it's like another change, kind of, right? And so she really was like, wow, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. I'm really excited now that I'm actually walking with the Spirit in a, you know, more powerful way. So around the same time, my dad, my dad uh, had a really deep encounter with God. Um, the story goes like this. We're at church. Jessica's telling me I have to move into the light. But I wanted you to look at my photo, and now I'm standing in front of it. Okay, it's okay, Jess. So um, my dad was at church when I, I went to a church that every Sunday, in Australia, when I lived there, I don't know anymore, but um, there were Sunday morning and Sunday night services. And if you were a good Christian, you went to both, right? <laughs> and as a girl, you needed two outfits. So anyway, we're at Sunday night church, and every Sunday night at this church, it was either a missionary or a gospel message. And by gospel message, I mean, you need Jesus, choose him tonight. Okay, like it was good old school church, man. And people got saved or felt a call to missions every week. It was like, it was good. And actually that's where my family decided that they would serve God full time in Africa was at this church. We never got there. That's another Sunday. I'll save that for another Sunday. Um, so we're at that church and my dad, in the middle of the message, his, this is his story, okay? His feet said to him, we're going to meet Jesus. And my dad said, no, we're not, to his feet. Now, my dad is not a weirdo. I'm just going to put that out there. He's not highly dramatic. That's my mom's side, <laughs> highly dramatic. My dad's a fairly down-to-earth, humble, regular guy. And his feet stood up and took him to the altar. This is his story. And the whole way he was saying, I'm not, no, I'm not. No, you can't make me. And got to the front. And when he got to the front, he, he says he met Jesus. Like just, you know, makes me cry. Um, and when that happened, my family changed. Like we'd always gone to church. Oh, I should have. Next time, I have a cute photo of me at the church that I was baptized in. Or I was sprinkled. <laughs> um, so we went to a traditional church, a church that sprinkles babies. Um, and, <laughs> is that funny? But, well, some churches sprinkle babies. Oh, not sprinkling babies, <laughs> sprinkle water on babies. I got it. Um, but then um, we ended up moving to this um, other church when my mom got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And um, so we'd always gone to church. But when this happened with my parents, the culture of my family changed to, we weren't just attending church, we were about God's stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like it really changed. And I think that's when my, my household was saved. You know, when your household is transformed by the kingdom of God, that's different than a person walking with Jesus. Do you know what I mean? It was like a movement. We had like a family revival, <laughs> you know? And then we were just all about God's stuff. Like, my dad became 
just ravenous for the Bible. As a little kid, I remember watching him study and study and study with joy. Like, he was so excited. And he started volunteering everywhere. Like, nothing was enough to serve Jesus, you know? Um, I was talking to him last night on Skype, and um, he was saying that, because I had this memory of him preparing communion for church, and so I asked him, was that every Sunday? Yes. For like a long time? He's like, yeah, for a year, he prepared communion every Sunday on his own, because nobody else wanted to do it, and it wasn't out of obligation to him preparing the communion, Jesus' body, Jesus' blood for people to take was the highest honor that you could have. Isn't that cool? So he just had this like passion for the things of God. And, you know, all, I mean, we were there all the time. First people to get there, last people to leave. And I'm not bitter at all about it. You know, people say, well, you shouldn't be around the church because your kids might not love it. I, I love the church. It didn't affect me negatively because I saw them living out a passion. I saw them putting their gifts into action. It was really cool. Um, um, I, I think that I've walked with Jesus most of my life. Like I've never not known that I was God's. Does that make sense? Um, but in, as a senior in high school, I headed to the Philippines on my first mission trip and for the first time ever, um, I had to make uh, adult, independent choices about how I would live for God. And um, one of the ministries that we worked with was Mighty Wave Radio in Manila. Anyone been to the Philippines? That's oh, great there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I was working with Mighty Wave, and they said to the little team of us, um, who wants to speak on the radio. We have youth hour coming up. Maybe one of you has a message. And I think we, a few of us were selected or something. Um, and I didn't have anything to say. And as I sat down in the chair and he put the gear on my head and he said, you have a word from God. And there are teens listening right now who are going to be changed. Um, it was the first time that I'd had the weight of another human being on my shoulder, you know. And that night, I really felt the Holy Spirit come out of my mouth, like speak words. And I knew that somebody had decided not to die, not to commit suicide that night. And I knew that somebody else who had grown up in the church and hadn't known if they had a good story or not, knew that they had a good story about being God's child for their whole life. Um, this is when you should wear um, waterproof mascara. <laughs> Anyway, there were several things through my life that were just foundational in discovering the fullness of God and walking in His ways. Does that make sense? I have a lot of other stories, but um, we have some Bible to talk about, so I don't want to just stick here. Um, so I went to uni, is what we call college in Australia, university. Um, and after uni, I, um, I did a, a business communications degree in marketing and PR and journalism. Um, I did a philosophy minor. Well, not a, not a full minor. I did some philosophy classes and totally got messed up in the head. Like, totally. I did a philosophy of religion class, and I left that class going, I don't... What? <laughs> I'm not saved. I don't understand this. And through a random series of events, some fleeces that I laid out, if you guys 
know about the Gideon story. I put some tests out and I was really asking God, should I go into my career or should I go to Bible college? And then I saw Yentl. Anyone? Yentl? Oh, I watched Yentl and I just wanted to study the word of God because of Yentl. It's a weird response to that movie, I'm sure. Anyway, um, and so I head off to Bible college. Um, I went to this fantastic church where I got to really plug in. And for the first time, I was at a church without my parents. Um, you know, when you grow up in the church, you're known as John and Margot's daughter. And I look quite a lot like my mom, did you see? Especially with the haircut. Um, and so everywhere I went, are you Margot's daughter? Also, my, my, um, I'm from a theater family. So we did a lot of theatrical shows, and so my mom was also an actress, dancer, singer. So she was also not just known in the church, she was known in the community. So I could not escape being her daughter, <laughs> you know? Um, and at, at like a teenager, you don't like it. Now I'm fine with it. I love it. But um, so I, um, I went to this church where nobody knew me, and I really got to spread my wings and try it on my own. It was cool. And... I felt for the first time what it was like to have a spiritual family, and we were really a family. And we actually had lunch and dinner together every Sunday, um, and it was just awesome and tight. Do you guys, anyone here have that kind of memory in, in your life where you were part of a church that was just a family? I saw one hand. Put them up. Yeah? It's transformative, right? When you see that there, there can be love, like a family love, with people that you're just not related to at all, and it's cool. So anyway, it was during that time that I discovered I kind of have a crush on the body of Christ. <laughs> I kind of have a little obsession with the church. Um, I love the church. I just, you know, I just want to do church stuff. I just want to be about God's stuff. I love it. I love it. I hope my kids get this legacy from me like I got it from my parents, but I just love the body of Christ, and I love um, seeing the body healthy, you know, when it's functioning, and, and there's growth and maturity, and that's what we got to, Josh and I got to be the youth pastors here for a while, and um, that was my favorite part, you know, seeing us work together as a body, and um, that's really what I want to talk today about, talk to you about today. Does that make sense? I just want to dig into the Word and have a look at some scriptures about the body, because um, let me think, where do I want to go first? We're going to go to John 13. So if you have your Bibles, John 13, 35. So the last time I spoke with you, when I watched the video back, I had weird hair and nobody told me. So today if my hair gets weird and just, or anything is distracting, you're going to have to speak up. Because that's not cool. It's like getting home at the end of the day with something in your teeth and you're like, who didn't tell me I had something in my teeth? Right? Did you notice that last time that my hair was weird? You didn't? It was just me? No, I know some of you did because some of you told me later. Your hair was weird. Thanks too late now. I'm not, yeah. All right. Uh, and I'll put it on the screen too. But if you have your Bibles, choose paper. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a different version that I'm reading from the Bible, but it'll be the same kind of thing. I'm choosing paper. 
Um, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Oh, first of all, um, this is at the Last Supper. Okay, so Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. They've had the Passover meal. Judas has just left. This is Jesus' last words to his guys. The guys he's been living with for three years. Um, they've been traveling around, ministering together. He's been investing in them. He knows what's ahead. They have no idea what's ahead, right? But tomorrow he dies. And these are the words that he starts pouring out to them. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And that's our call, that we would love one another and our love would prove to the world that we're his disciples. Is that true? <laughs> no. Is it true? Does the world look at us and say, man, love. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes not, right? Have you ever noticed groups of people that have nothing to do with Jesus but being really loving? And have you thought, that's how we're supposed to be. How the heck are they so loving when we can't get our act together and love each other? I thought love was a hallmark of Jesus. How do they have love if they don't have Jesus? Have you ever thought that? I totally have thought about it. And um, to the point that I was, I was even wondering, God, can humans love if they don't have a relationship with you? Do you think humans can love without a relationship with God? Yes. How is that possible? How is that possible if the hallmark of belonging to Jesus is love and humans can love without him? Thank you. Beautiful segue. Yes, because we were made in his image and likeness, Kathy. Absolutely. This is how humans love. Okay, Genesis 1.26. I love this. New American Standard is great. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, God is huge. His image and likeness, huge. One part of his image and likeness is relationship. One God in tri-unity. Now, um, love existed before we did. Why that's significant is um, love is a verb, right? It's an action. There has to be an origin and a recipient, right? God loved before we existed. One God, triunity, love existed, and he made us to join in. It wasn't God on his own, made people, and then love started. Does that make sense? This is uh, important theology. This is actually what differentiates Christianity from a lot of religions, a lot. In fact, there are some religions that accuse us of being, um, having many gods. Well, we don't have many gods, right? One God, a relational God, and we use all kinds of uh, analogies and metaphors to try and describe it, and we probably shouldn't because we don't get it, <laughs> right? Um, but the truth is, love existed before we did because, this is how I know it, 
Pascal, brilliant mathematician, was also a passionate Jesus follower. And he talked about paraphrasing a vacuum, like a God-shaped hole that draws us into relationship with him. If God was all about himself, he would have made it so we could only love him. A God making minions to worship God, right? But he didn't. This is what I picture with God. I feel like he was saying, ah, love, 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 so good. This is so good, good enough to share with more. Let's make people to join in. And not just love us, because love is so good. Let's make them have the aptitude to love each other and love like other stuff. Because love is so great. Let's just make them multi-loving. Loving, loving. So I think, yeah, Pascal was right. We have a God-shaped hole, right? We have people-shaped holes too. It would be improper for us to say, you shouldn't put people in your God-shaped hole. Only one thing satisfies your heart. That's not true. God made us to love all kinds of things. Now, no other gods before him, right? He's our ultimate, but we're not meant to let, let go of all the others. That's cool. That to me shows that our God is so full of love that he made us this way, right? Not an oppressive, domineering God, but a God that just was giddy about love and wanted to make us, you know, have the ability to enjoy it. That's cool. Right? By the way, um, my kids screamed until 3.30 this morning. And then I woke up crazy. So I've had about four hours of sleep. I'm going to need your help to stay awake. <laughs> if you could be, um, that's cool. The camera guy just did a dance for me. <laughs> I would love, um, no, I'm, I'm not kidding about the sleep, but I've been functioning, <clears throat> excuse me, on no sleep since our 11-month-old was born, so I'm fine. But I would love to hear, if you're hearing something that you're like, yeah, I need you to say yeah. That, it just helps me, because otherwise I'm like, well, maybe I'm not making any sense, and I should try again, you know? So, does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Whoa, that was awesome. <laughs> anyway. Um, so whether or not people are walking with God, absolutely loving, right? Absolutely have that capability. Um, I think there's a clear distinction, however, between love without Jesus and love with Jesus, and and um, it's something we actually learned from a young age, how to, how to choose relationships. And um, I have a video that's going to help us. Uh. Hi. Hey, do you want to play a game now? Okay, here, I help. One of these things is not like the other things. One of these things just doesn't belong. Can you guess which thing is not like the other thing? Before I finish my song. Now look closely. Look. Now something here. One of these things does not belong. Now I'll give you a hint. It has to do with how many cookies are on each plate. Okay? You ready? No? Okay, keep looking. I look too. It's hard even for a monster. Keep looking. Oh, did you guess? Oh, yeah? Did you guess which thing is not like the other things? Did you guess with all your might? If you guessed it, 
This thing is not like the other things. You know what? You know what? You're right. Oh, you're absolutely right. You're so smart. <laughs> you're so smart. I love Cookie. You know, from a, from a young age, we're taught to categorize, right? Put the red toys together, put the triangles together. Which thing doesn't belong? Sort into like groups, right? Really helpful for when you're trying to build friendships. Because if you ever tried to be friends with somebody you're nothing alike with, <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But we don't say it out loud. We're just like, that was great. We should do it again. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but really, there are, you know, we all have people, like our people, right? People that you just get along with. And I love meeting someone that you just click with, right? You just, yeah, this is easy. I love that. Nothing wrong with these kinds of relationships, right? Very important. Um, I think this is the natural kind of love that we all get from God, where we... Birds of a feather flock together, right? We find people that we like, and so then, same, same, same love. Now, it's easy to love people who are just like you. <laughs> and nobody's just like you, because it's truth. We are all like snowflakes, right? We are all unique. Although I did some research this week, and did you know that snowflakes are not unique? The science is off. So we're just going to say... Pretend like snowflakes are unique, and we're just like snowflakes. <laughs> but now when you watch snowfall this winter, I hope we get lots of snow. Um, you know what? If we have to endure this dreariness for so long, we should get white wonderland a couple times, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you're passionate right now. That was exciting. <laughs> um, anyway, so this... Um, yeah, we are all snowflakes, and we find people that we're, we're similar to. Now, I don't want to be rude. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to do some blanket statements right now, okay? So just track with me. I believe what happens as we find our same, same groups, somewhere along the way, I don't know if it's elitist, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's from pain, I don't know why we do this. But I feel like in our little same, same groups, we set our hearts against other groups. You know what I mean? Like you'll find little groups in society who are just mad about other groups. Not, well, we're all different. So find people you relate to and love life. We don't have that. It's like this weird, like in our society, we get these subcultures. One that really sticks out to me is generations. Right? Each generation kind of has a weird feeling about other generations. Oh, teenagers these days. Oh, they're old. They should get off the road. I mean, right? We get these weird... <laughs> right? It's, it's sad because then what ends up happening is these subcultures end up getting inbred in their thinking. Narrow-minded. There's... Um, there's beauty in diversity, not in a tolerance way. I hate that concept of tolerance. It makes me so mad. Anyone else? Yeah, it's like tolerance just means I'm judging you on my head and I'm not going to say it out with my mouth. That's what tolerance is. That's not love. That's not respect. 
you know? Because all we have in us is this ability for birds of a feather flock together. Same, same, same love, right? Um, yeah, we're going to move on. That makes sense, right? I mean, I could go into details. I just don't want to throw any groups under the bus right now, you know? Because... We, you can all think of groups, right, that do that. And, and one more point I guess I want to say about this. Um, there is not one way to parent your children. Did you know that? There is not one way. And do you know how I know that? Because I'm a snowflake. And my children are snowflakes. And my husband is a snowflake. And do you know what that means? A lot of uniqueness. <laughs> and God created us with a lot of questions, because he wants to be our answer. And if I could read a book and parent my children to perfection, then I don't need Jesus. Right? Here's the other truth. God is their parent. (laughs) I know a ton of people who have had terrible parents and have become incredible people. Parents are invited to join in the process. Okay, I use this as an example to say, it's really awkward when you're around a group of people that want everyone to parent the same way as them. <laughs> it doesn't work. You know, I understand it's awkward when you're trying to teach your kids, and I have a couple mentors that um, they probably don't know. I call a lot of people my mentors. Anybody I glean from and add to my life from, they're my mentors. So most of you are my mentors. Um, <laughs> I'm watching you. <laughs> um, But I call my mentors and say, what do I do? My kid's doing this. And my favorite, actually, um, no, I shouldn't have favorites. One of my my, um, dearest friends, Lori, said to me one day, man, there are at least 10 things you could try. (laughs) And I was like, no, Lori, what did you do? And she's like, it doesn't matter. My kids are not your kids. This is not going to go well. If you're looking for a formula, it's not going to go well. Man, right? Wisdom. And I can play with her and our kids... (laughs) play with Lori. Is Lori here? (laughs) I'd love to play with you, Lori. We never get to. When we get together and our kids play together, there's a peace in our relationship because I know I don't have to parent like her in order for our kids to be around each other. Does that make sense? But what I feel like in this birds of a feather flock together thing, you got to agree. You got to buy in. You got to like, oh, you have a different philosophy? Then you're going to get moved on out of that group. You know? That's stupid. (laughs) That's so short-sighted. But it happens all over the place. Politics and philosophies and eating habits or do you exercise the right way or I don't know. We just, we try so hard to make this life, right? We try so hard to get it right. But you're a snowflake. Why would we think anyone else would have the same life as us? So we have this uh, fight. We're looking for same-same relationships in order to establish love, and none of us are the same. You know? And so this is the love that the world just has. It's actually, the Bible describes it, I believe, as phileo, the brotherly love, when you have a a reason to be in relationship, a connection. So brothers have a a, a DNA, a blood bond. Um, But... Some of you, I call my brothers and sisters because we have some things in common, right? So this phileo love is that 
type of love. What Jesus is talking about in John 13 is agape love. And agape love, we call it unconditional, right? Unconditional love. Think about it this way. No reason to love. There's no commonality. There's no actual reason, right? Unconditional, there's no condition. In a good way and a bad way. (laughs) That's the kind of love that God's calling us to. And when Jesus said this to the disciples, they knew, they heard him say agape, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a bummer that we only have one word, love, in English. Um, and actually, he didn't say agape because he didn't speak Greek. But <laughs> um, I did not look up the Aramaic, however, so I don't know what he said. All right, so in the end, this is, I guess, what I want to say, that this love, when we belong to Jesus, ends up being a different, different, different love, Right? Versus the birds of a feather flock together. This thing that we have in Jesus, it's impossible. (laughs) This kind of love is, you know, uh, Jesus says, I'm going to leave you with a peace. It's not as the world gives. And in James, it's described as a peace that passes understanding. That's not the kind of peace where people go, oh, you're so peaceful. That's beautiful. It's the kind of peace that's like this. What the heck? I don't understand how you can be so peaceful. It's not okay right now. That's a peace that passes understanding. I think agape love is in the same genre, right? (laughs) Where we say, how can you guys love each other? It kind of grosses me out. (laughs) I don't get it. You're so different. Yeah. Yeah, because it's good that we're different, right? And it doesn't actually say, by this the world will come to me if you have love for one another. It says, by this the world will know. This is our hallmark. This is our distinguishing feature as a people. Right? It may not be attractive to the world. (laughs) That's okay. They don't have the Spirit of God to understand. Right? So I think oftentimes we're trying so hard as the body to be like pleasing and beautiful and evangelistic, which is nothing wrong with wanting to spread God's love, right? But we don't have to dress up Jesus in a way that he didn't need to be dressed up. Oh, thanks, Kathy. (laughs) So anyway, I want to say that on our own, we can be what we can be. In same-same relationships, you can be a little more than you can be. In different, different, different agape body of Christ, you can be way more than you can be. Way more. Right? Right? Um, in fact, I want to specifically talk about a couple things um, that directly relates to that. So are you ready to... Um, we're going to dig into body passages. Okay, God came up with this metaphor. Actually, uh, first I have a fun clip for you. You know how last time I said I wasn't adventurous? By the way, is that the countdown clock or the count up clock? It's counting up? I'm not surprised. How many minutes do I have left? What was so great is that Glenn back on the computer was like, ah, I love that. All right. So I said last time that Josh was super adventurous and I wasn't so adventurous, but I got to do the coolest thing. And um, I have a friend that works for iFly Seattle and uh, she, had, she got us into a family friend's free 
preview. I fly Seattle, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Indoor skydiving. Anyone done it? Not here, but you've done it? Isn't it cool? Oh man, you're like falling through the air, but you're not gonna die. Cause you're not out, you're not, right? You're in a tunnel, it's so cool. Okay. Oh yeah, we're gonna, uh, yeah, I guess I did put this slide first. We're gonna look at body of Christ passages. Here are the passages, mostly written by Paul, um, and it's about the body. So we're not gonna look at the, all of these passages today in, in their entirety, but I wanna really encourage you that if you have any time this week and you just wanna pick up your word and, and read through it, these passages are so interesting, especially as we're talking about this different, different, different kind of love. If you've read it before, you may have just skimmed over it in the past. I'd love you to go back and just consider it again, you know, with, with this thought of that we're so different and what God's doing with us. Does that make sense? So those are the passages we're going to flip through. So stick your fingers in your Bible if you want to mark them. Um, that's me. Can they teach you to bend your body like that? It's how you don't just plummet like a rock, right? I'm smiling and I'm also like a dog with the face out of a car, you know? It's a little bit of both. He gave me a thumbs up, so he's my coach. He's telling me, spread your fingers, move your feet. And he just gave me, look at my totally dog face, right? 120 miles an hour wind, kind of. You totally can't help but smile, man. It's so cool. Look at me, I'm flying. had a million dollars, I'd totally do this every day, because it's so cool. <laughs> I'm really sad that no one else has done it here, well, Mike, but I, d wouldn't you like other people to do it? Yeah, it's really cool. Actually, these guys in the front row are my friends that work there. They do it all the time. <laughs> that would be a job worth having, right? Getting to work there. I know, Starbucks has great perks. This has a better perk. <laughs> anyway, that was super fun. Um, so before you do it, you have to sign a waiver to say that you don't have any neck or back problems. I have some neck and back problems. Um, a few years ago, I fell down some attic stairs and really, really hurt myself. I was black and blue. Man, I bent my tailbone, um, totally went down both sides, just down my tailbone, my neck, like I quite messed up. And they can't work out exactly where it is, but somewhere in my neck, something's not quite right. And so I have um, headaches, neck pain, pain in my backs, pain in my hips. I have a crushed SI joint. Um, I have nerve damage down my arm, numbness in my hand, weakness in my arm. Not great for carrying babies around. Um, I have um, numbness down my leg, um, knee issues, muscle atrophy on the inside of my leg, my muscle is dying because the nerves don't, like the muscle's like, I guess I'm not being used because the nerves aren't sending their signals. So I've had MRI, CAT scan, EMG. Anyone had an EMG where they make your muscles? It's not fun. I've had all of those tests and my neurologist cannot work out what's going on. But I um, was told to get some therapies, like some back-to-back -back therapies, PT and massage and chiropractic and just to try and see if we could get some things free. So um, I signed the waiver 
Because, you know, in the moment, can I tell you, I was like, it's not that bad. <laughs> and I'm signing a waiver. I'm saying I'm not going to sue you, right? I know. I get, now, in hindsight, it was stupid. I understand that. In the moment, I want you to know I had a really good heart about it. It really wasn't like premeditated evil in any way. <laughs> the next morning, I could not walk. Now, partially because you use every muscle you've ever had in that, like to spread your fingers to keep the air, you're like using every fiber of your body. It's way more than a core workout. This is like right guys it's full body your hair comes out stronger I mean you're like oh <laughs> so first of all I couldn't walk but it was mainly just because of that because that was um, is it a minute at a time 60 seconds and I did it twice so they run you through twice so you can get the hang of it and um, those two minutes more exercise than I've ever done in my life Anyway, once that initial glory faded away, um, I went back to my therapist, and she said, what did you do this week? And I was like, oh, I went indoor skydiving. And she said, what were you thinking? <laughs> you don't get to do that. Your body can't handle that. You guys, I got mad. <laughs> really mad. Enough, okay? I already can't play with my kids very well. I already have a hard time getting up and down the stairs with them. I'm already fatigued. I'm already in pain. If I can't get to go skydiving, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're laughing. This is my mad face. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think it's, it's already, this little pain in my neck has already robbed enough life from me. I want to be able to do some fun stuff, right? Okay. That said, we're in the body of Christ. We are all parts in the body of Christ. We need to be healthy and strong. Because when we get to go spiritual indoor skydiving, I want to be able to say yes. I don't want to have to say, no, we kind of suck. We're kind of a couch potato body of Christ. <laughs> you know, we have this little pain in our neck who won't do his thing. And, and because of that, the leg doesn't work. And sometimes I think... We're kind of in that state as a body. You know? Does that make sense? Um, so, uh, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body and each of us has a different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. So if we were to like check out whether our body is healthy, here's um, the first thing we need to talk about. We are in the body. It's God's plan. It is not a question of, uh, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. I'm not part of the thing. It's just me and God. That's not, your little bone doesn't just jump out of your skin and walk on off. We are in the body. It's not a negotiable. It's not like an optional extra. Well, I'd like to order Christianity, please, but I'd like to do it apart from everybody else. <laughs> right? We are in the body. Does that make sense? Now, I need to say this. There are lots of reasons why people who love Jesus are not engaged in the body. It might be that today this is the first time you've ever heard about the body. You just didn't know. Now you know things can change, that's great. 
There are some other reasons why. One of them is Christians can be really crappy, right? And we hurt each other a lot. Partly is we're not fully like Jesus yet. The other part is that I believe when the body isn't functioning, parts can go crazy. You know? Um, Things get out of whack and parts are doing things that they should not be doing. And so I just want to say, if you are not a part of the body because you've been hurt by the body, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? It's my body. I'm a part of it, and I'm going to take responsibility for whatever happened to you. Can you forgive? Don't throw the whole body away because of one thing, or ten things, or a hundred things. Okay? The body is worth your investment. And what this tells us is that we belong to each other and we all need all of each other. If we have a part that isn't engaged, this body won't work. This is God's plan. He wanted us to be interwoven. We weren't meant to do this without each other. And if you know people in your life that have been hurt by the body, would you be willing and go and ask them to forgive? Would you be willing to go and say sorry on behalf of the body? Because we need our parts to be engaged again, right? Also, you may very well be the reason why people are not in the body. (laughs) If you're acting all crazy, you need to stop it. Stop offending people. Actually, I, I didn't include this passage. There are so many parts of this passage in the body. I cut this one. I'm bringing it back in real quick. Right, Willies? Bringing it back. There is a passage that says, there are parts that need to be clothed with dignity and given special honor because there are eyes that should not see them. I believe the body of Christ was made for the body. There are parts that are just for the body. I'm wearing clothes. You are too. (laughs) Because there are parts that are not for public display, right? And those parts are not what put on the covering. Private parts don't put on their own underwear, (laughs) right? Hands do it. Arms do it. The body clothes the body. So if there are parts of the body acting inappropriately and we pretend like it's not happening, we're streakers. (laughs) There are laws against it. Now, there are laws. (laughs) It's no use going to a soup kitchen if we didn't get dressed, we didn't brush our teeth, and we didn't eat before we went. If we don't do self-care, how do we expect to be able to do anything? We talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus, like we're reaching out. Well, this morning, my hands did my hair, did my makeup, we got dressed in a half hour, and uh, ate breakfast, brushed my teeth, I grabbed a mint, I had some water. That was all for me. There's stuff that we're meant to be doing for the body, so we are appropriate and beautiful 
and strong and nourished and, right? Here's the other part. Some of those parts don't want to be covered up. Now, we're not covering up weirdos. This is not talking about being weird, okay? Weirdos is, is immaturity. That's a whole other issue. He's not saying cover up weirdness. That's not what God is saying here. He's saying there are parts that are for the body. And actually, he goes on to say a little bit later that one of those gifts is tongues. Tongues is for the edification of the body. That's what Paul goes on to say. Also, in all of these lists in the body, they're not exhaustive. So I believe there are other parts, other gifts, not just tongues, lots of things that are just for the body. Maybe this message today is just for the body. Maybe we shouldn't be streaming it. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be recording it. Maybe it's just for us. And if the world sees it, it won't be good. You know? So we need to be a team that works together to cover up that stuff. Cover up is the wrong word. Do you know what I mean? To clothe it with dignity and honor. And we need to stop being weirdos. I, the body of Christ should not be streaking through the world. There's a time and a place, right? Okay. So, um, first question is, are you active or atrophy? Are you engaged in the body? As God's messenger, I give each of you this warning, be honest in your estimate of yourself. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye. That's weird. <laughs> not even an eyelid, just the eyeball. Just roll around, look at stuff. I don't know. Um, then how would we hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how would you smell anything? Interesting, right? There is no room for low self-esteem in the body of Christ. Know your worth. God made you. He shaped you. He's brought you to today for today. I battle with this all the time. I have pretty low self-esteem. <coughs> I just want to be loved. And, and I don't do a great job of that. And so not a lot of people actually like me. That's how I feel. Anyway. Um, which is stupid that I would actually put myself up in front of people, right, to be judged. But part of my freedom is embracing who God made me to be, knowing I'm not done. I'm not there yet. I'm immature. I'm only 36. I have a lot of stuff to still work out. But you know what? God made me, and I'm called. I'm chosen. He's equipping me. I'm empowered. My part of the body is essential, and I'm going to function. Are you? Yeah. Thanks, Mo. I love you, Mona. Where are we? But God made our bodies with many parts. Uh, just another reminder. <clears throat> How many parts? Lots. 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 And he put each part just where he wants it. That's beautiful. Love that. What a strange thing a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Arrogance and independence, not acceptable in the body, right? We need each other. 
It's not okay to marginalize people in the body of Christ. Then we're just birds of a feather flock together all over again, right? Healthy body parts have godly self-worth. Do you know your worth? Are you standing in it? Are you operating in your gifting? Are you? We need to have our identities in Christ. And praise Jesus for the Bible. (laughs) You read this and you change. God is good that we didn't have to fumble through this on our own, right? It's amazing. All right. (coughs) Excuse me. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. How, How many kinds? Many. You can't count them, Rich, right? Infinite. Different kinds. That's beautiful. Why? We're snowflakes. Different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit who is the source of all. This goes back to different, different, different love. Many, 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 many. One. There are different kinds of service in the church, but it's the same Lord we're serving. What kinds of service in the church? Many different. Anybody else out there just like you? Then why would we expect other people's lives to be like ours? Doesn't make any sense. Right? There are different ways God works in our lives, but it's the same God who does the work through us. I'm on a journey with God. I may not have learned the lessons you've learned. Does that make me stupid? Does that make me immature? No, not even that. Different. God's going to work through me in a different way that he works through you. Beautiful. Beautiful, right? But there's one God. This is why it's important that we be people of the word. Because we've been raised in a culture that isn't godly. This is our new culture. And this is how we can work out whether we're maturing or not. Okay? Not comparing your lives with each other. Well, I learned that last year. I don't know why they're still struggling with it. Right? Don't we do that? And then we judge, and then we say, well, birds of a feather. I'm going to go with the people that have already done the lessons that I've done. And then we don't grow. You with me? Okay. Oh, I love this next. Um, Actually, there's one more thing I want to say about this. In one of the versions... um, I think NASB, it talks about there are different energies in the body. That word, the the Greek is energima, Um, energies. Actually, sorry, what the Bible said is activities or actions, and the root word is energima, energies. What I love about that is there are things that energize me. My dad poured communion for a year. That does not sound exciting to me. (laughs) I don't even like cooking for my family, right? Confession. Um, But somebody has the energy for that. And there's something in you that God put in you that gives you energy, and it's for the body, for this body. And we want to do that, right? That excites me, because that way it's not like, well, you have to do this in the church if you're going to serve. 
What I love about Lake Sam is there's no heart about that at all. You can be a part. Now, here's the thing. We minister to people, so if you don't like people, I don't, I mean, you could clean toilets, right? <laughs> I mean, there, there's a way, but there are some, there are some, uh, we do what we do. We're in the people business, you know? We're not going to start an outreach to aliens from Mars. If that's what gives you energy, I, you know, I'm not saying there isn't life out there, <laughs> except I don't think there is. <clears throat> not life like us, because God made us, right? One Jesus came to this earth, not many earths and many Jesuses, right? I don't know. If you were abducted by an alien, I don't know what to say right now. It really, I don't know. All right. It's the only, it's the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. Who gives these gifts? I can't hear you. Holy Spirit. He alone decides which gift each person should have. That word distributes, love this. There's one other time in the New Testament that that Greek word is used. I can't actually say it. I listen to the, the Greek over and over and over to try and get it. It's really hard. Uh, anyway, trust me, it's a Greek word. It means distributes. Um, <clears throat> it's this, uh, the same word is used for the prodigal son story when the father divides up his inheritance and gives it to him. What's beautiful about that is it's like these gifts are our inheritance from God. It's like his infiniteness has been divided up into people-sized chunks. And each of us gets a deposit of God in us from the Holy Spirit's determining. What's cool about that is Christ in me, God in me, the deposit that I have, his gifting, is unique. If you want to know more about God, you could see God in me in a way that you won't see anywhere else. That's cool. What that means is, as we relate to each other and walk alongside each other and watch God's power in each other's lives, we learn more about the infinite God, our Father, that we would never get to on our own. On our own, we're just what we can be. Together, we're more than what we can be. Isn't that cool? I, I got an, one more thing, because I, I just think this is cool. Uh, in time, across time, the Holy Spirit determines which deposits of God are on earth for each generation. That's cool. Do you understand that? It's making my brain hurt just saying it. But do you know what I mean? God in, is infinite, right? And across time, there are unique deposits of him. Who God deposited, this gifting, this body of Christ part that you have, is for this day, for these people for this generation, for this time. It's not haphazard. It's not like you have a random deposit of God. Who cares? It was chosen for today, for these people. Is that cool? Man, that energy, you see? This is what energizes me. The body is cool. So we have a unique deposit from... The, oh, I just skipped over that because I want to go fast now. 
Uh, we have a unique deposit from the same one God. So we're not different just for the sake of being different. We're different because we're created differently because God's so big. All right. He's the one who gave the gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. Not reach the lost at this point. We haven't gotten there. We're talking about the role of giftings in the church to build up the church, right? Until we come to such unity... Not same, same, same unity, but different, different, different unity, right? In our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature. We talked about immaturity before, but we will be mature and full grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. That's ridiculous. It's going to take all of us to measure up to the full stature of Christ, right? That's cool. That's a real... uh, big part of why the body exists to help us grow up i have two babies they're growing up they have developmental milestones that they have to reach do you know this parents developmental milestones is my kid clapping yet i don't know like you know (laughs) you get all worried because then you have to go to the doctor and then they like check it off on the list and then you're worried are they developmenting developmenting right (laughs) developing right Are they on schedule? Is my kid stupid or smart? I need to know, right? I mean, we, right? Can I say, we have this in the body too. We know what an unsafe person is, right? And we know what a newly safe person is, a babe in Christ. But have we really thought about what a mature believer looks like? Have we put it in our sights? I want to grow up. I want to be in the full stature of Christ. Well, yeah, I'm a little bit like Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying, I just want to be like Jesus. We have the word to guide us. There are huge, um, amazing passages about leadership and maturity in the body. Elders and deacons, if you want to look at what a mature believer looks like, pull out Titus and 1 Timothy and check out the qualifications of elders and deacons. That's our goal. Those things. Fruit of the Spirit. That's our goal, those things. This doesn't just happen. It's not like you wake up and then you're like, Jesus, I, was, I didn't know Jesus yesterday, but I met him last night and I woke up this morning and now I look exactly like him. <laughs> right? It's not, this is our journey. And we need to be, you know, I help my kids, you know, Avi, when she turned one, our doctor says, does she clap? Because it's a one-year-old developmental milestone. <laughs> and Josh and I look at each other like, I don't know. <laughs> Does she clap? I don't know. I hadn't taught her to clap. You guys. <laughs> Terrible. So because of that, this time around, I've signed up for an email that emails me reminders of their developmental milestones for the week. <laughs> What's funny is we drove away from that doctor's appointment, and I was like, yay, Avi. And she goes, yay. <laughs> Yay! But you know, there's something about being intentional in our growth and maturity. If you're training for a marathon, you get out a training plan, right? You run this much, then you rest, and you run this much. There's a, there's a, a practice involved, right? A process. And uh, growing up to be like Jesus, it's unique. 
So we're each going through it in different ways. But for some reason, that means we've kind of washed our hands of ever evaluating it. <laughs> right? So we either judge each other entirely or we don't talk about it at all. <laughs> we've got to find a middle ground on this. We need to grow up. Right? The body's health and maturity is in our hands. If our body can't go skydiving, it's our fault. <laughs> We're the ones that clothe it. We're the ones that minister health to each other. After 1 Corinthians 12, which is the big uh, body passage, comes 1 Corinthians 13. Um, I'm sorry to say it's not about marriage. It's read at, marriage, at weddings all the time because it's beautiful, right? It's actually about the body of Christ. Weird, right? It's smack in the middle of a body discussion and a church discussion. This is kind of a roadmap for us. This is agape. How do we be different and love each other? Well, kind of like this. Choose patience, man. <laughs> when you're not the same as people, you're going to need to be patient and kind. You know, I'm not good at kind. I've got to work on that. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. That sounds like those arrogant body parts, right? I don't need those others. I'm great on my own. Love does not demand its own way. I'm not good at that one either, am I, honey? Love is not irritable. It keeps no record of when it has been wronged. That's big. I remember when I've been wronged. And I grew up in the church, so I've been wronged quite a few times. Love doesn't do it. Do you know why? It's divisive when we hold on to stuff, isn't it? It's hard to look people in the eye when you're holding on to stuff. These are big things. Um, it's never glad about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up. We can't give up on each other. We can't. Never loses faith. We're always going to believe in the best, in what's coming. We have a hope. It always is hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Oh, every circumstance. We're going to stick with each other through every circumstance right? Even if you're the circumstance, I'll stick by you. <laughs> Even if I'm the circumstance, would you stick by me? In love. Now, we don't have to be best friends. This is not about same, same, same love, brotherly love. There's a sameness, there's a deepness about it. This is another kind of love. It's, uh, it's changing every day. I really think that a while back we had a mentoring movement in the church in the 80s, 90s maybe, where people started doing intentional mentoring. Anyone was a part of that mentoring movement where you're like, I'm a mentor and I'm going to be mentored and you sign up and you get matched, right? And I think we had to do that because we didn't know how to do it naturally. The problem with that is that's not the truth of what the body of Christ is. As we interact as a body, I might bump into you today and we might have an interaction and in that moment you mentored me. And it was beautiful and rich. But you don't like make strings then and like, oh, we're going to be best friends now. You know, because we're holding on to a sameness. We're trying to generate. We should just be uh, 
excited about our diversity and know that God's going to move us and use us in, right? There's that bigness of that love. Okay. Agape love is our distinguishing feature for sure. For sure. The world should look at us and go, those people love each other? That's nuts. <laughs> nuts. I don't get it. Um, <clears throat> How are your relationships in the body? Do you love each other? Do you love me? Is your love growing? Okay, so I guess to wrap it all up, this is what I want to say. We need the body, and the body needs us. If you're a little neck joint, and I'm this muscle in my leg, we've got a problem. (laughs) I can't function without you. I can't. Um, Same, same, same relationships are essential for life. Don't ditch them, (laughs) okay? You'll end up being weird if you do that. You need to be with people that you can be honest with and deep with and put real vulnerabilities out there with, right? And you need a sameness in that, okay? God made us this way. It's not bad. At Lake Sam, these same, same, same relationships we call threefolds and small groups. Okay? Are you in a threefold or a small group? It would be good for you, (laughs) and it would be good for them. Right? Also, if you are a mature believer, you've been walking with the Lord for years, you should be a small group leader. I'm just going to leave that out there for you. Because we need a lot of small groups. Look at this. Look around. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So maybe we need 30 small groups. Maybe more. So we need 30 leaders, 30 assistant leaders, 30 hosts. That's a lot of people. Is it you? The different, different, different kind of love stuff, we actually, where you can come and put your gifts into action, right? We call them here at Lake Sam ministry teams and steering teams. It's where you're working with people who are really, really different, and you're using your gifts together to serve the body. Are you in a ministry team? Who's in a ministry team? Put them up high, put them in a, look at that. Awesome. It's so cool. If you haven't found a place to minister yet, would you do it? I'm telling you, this different, different, different kind of love is going to blow your mind. When we served as the youth pastors here, we had a team of very unique individuals (laughs) for our leadership team. Right, leaders? Right. We had conflict, and we had issues, and we had to work stuff through. And you know what we saw? The power of God transform our lives and transform the lives of the kids we were serving. It was cool. We messed up so many times. And God did sovereign amazing things despite our weirdness, (laughs) despite our attempts. And as we worked together, it was, um, we were being changed. You know, maturing Turns out now, those leaders that we served with are kind of my same, same, same group. Because over time, 
we grew and grew and grew and grew and became a lot like each other. That's cool, you know? Um, I think my heart really is this. I think the body of Christ needs to be purposeful. Super, super purposeful. This is not going to happen through osmosis. Is that the right? Did I say it right? Osmosis, right? It's not going to happen just you wake up and you're better and you're more mature. I'm going to therapy for my back issues, consulting a surgeon. I'm having tests done. The Word of God does that for us. Um, JJ and I have been working on a leadership catalyst. You guys might have heard Coat talk about it. It's a, basically a, a short-term small group that is purposed in developing leaders to release them in to be small group leaders um, or leadership anywhere in the church. As somebody who's been a, like a lifelong member of the body of Christ, I believe that we are all called into leadership. <laughs> I might be wrong. It's just my bent, I guess. <laughs> but I really believe we're all called into leadership because we're all growing. We're all going to mature. And I heard this great statistic. I went to Missions Fest. Anyone else go to Missions Fest? Woo! Come on, holla for me, Kathy. Woo-hoo! Missions Fest was fantastic. It just happened at Westminster, and there's amazing classes you can go to. One of the classes I went to was about raising lay leadership, and here's the quote that he he, um, used out of a book. Every day around the world, 178,000 people come to Jesus. 178,000 people meet Jesus for the first time every day around the world. That means every day we need 7,000 new pastors. That's a big deal. That's not talking about small group leaders, lay leaders, ministers, disciples. That was just like a pastor to help plant these churches. If we really are committed to seeing the world come to Jesus, we have to be ready to lead them to invest, to disciple, use our gifts, mature the body, right? So next week, we're going to start doing uh, sign-ups for our Leadership Catalyst. And if you have been inspired by this process at all, I'd love to have you come join us. And if you are a mature leader, we're looking for mentors to be a part of that. Because we are the body and we're committed to maturity and growth. Is that cool? And I'm done.